You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's August 10th, 2023, and this is the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 347. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is a podcast that focuses on the PHP programming language and its surrounding community. And we are three real-world developers who make a living using PHP. We stream every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time, and you too can be part of that live stream by joining us in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. Come in, you can hang out with us, ask questions, suggest show titles. You're part of the actual show, and we do appreciate it. And then you can hang out for the rest of the week. There's some great discussions and conversations that happen in there. Uh, also, if you're watching us live, you can stick around to the after show, PHP Ugly After Dark, Dark PHP Uglier. The audio listeners don't get to watch that or don't get to hear that. So if you're an audio listener, you want to go to our YouTube channel. And if you to be able to watch the After Dark PHP Ugly, you have to subscribe. It doesn't let you watch it otherwise. That is a complete lie. I just lied to you. But please subscribe because uh, it makes us feel good. Um, the show's made a little better thanks to a couple of sponsors we have, uh, JetBrains and their PHP Storm and HoneyBadger.io. And I'm going to mention this. It's time that, that we get some acknowledgement. PHP Architect is also a sponsor. They're the reason why we're able to do this uh, so well. So we'll talk about all of them, except for PHP Architect probably a little later. And uh, we also like to thank our supporters on Patreon who really go above and beyond just helping us and, and you know, supporting us. So we thank, uh, thank everybody. I am one of your hosts, Eric Van Johnson. And with me tonight is my friend and business partner, John Condon. Also, your protector in Discord stepping up and defending you. Uh-oh. <laughs> already huh like like we're not even like a minute or a couple minutes in the show and already all right and tom right out hello hello glad hey, to be here man. okay listen before we get started i do want to take a moment and, and take the floor um unusual uh, us living here <laughs> in southern california uh we we have a little bit of a uh, understanding and perspective perspective of what's happening in Maui, uh, on the island of Maui in Hawaii, here in the U.S., um, they they've, they're going through an absolutely horrible uh, a wildfire. Um, people are dying. People are losing their homes, losing their lives. It, you feel very helpless watching this uh, from afar. Um, just one of if you have any friend, if we have any listeners uh, in the Hawaii area, or, you, or if our listeners have any family or friends in that area, I just want to let you guys know that you know we're thinking about you. Uh, you know, really, just do, do we, were, we were just basically. there. 
we, we were just walking through that town, you know, a few weeks ago. And I don't, I don't remember that. Oh, that's right. We, you were there. We, 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 we told our kids about it. Our friends that were with us told their kids and, you know, they started crying. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, some of those places that you probably went to probably are not there anymore. Yeah. I saw I, I saw a photo, an aerial photo today of it, and it's absolutely devastating. Uh, it's yeah. so hard to see that. And, and as somebody who's lived through something very similar a few times, there's just nothing that can be done. I mean, there's nothing like you 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 have maybe if you're lucky, like here in the mainland, which is what we call it, the continental U.S. Here, the 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 mainland here, um, we have the option of driving to a friend's house or driving to another city or driving to another state, they don't, <laughs> you know, one of the drawbacks of living on an Island, uh, they're, you know, it's just, I, it's just heart wrenching to watch, but, mm-hmm. uh, so I want everybody to know that we're thinking of you. Um, and, uh, hope everybody's staying safe, uh, really, um, you know, good luck and, uh, working your way through this. All right. Let's move on. Way to bring the show down, Eric. No, yeah, you know, I figure I'd do it early before before we actually get get people watching. <laughs> All right. Uh we brought up PHP Architect as a sponsor. I often think about that, but we talk about PHP PHP Architect all the time, so it kind of works out. Yeah. But but we don't give it we don't give ourselves credit where where credit is due, right? I don't oh, feel like do. we do. Oh, you hundred percent do. Don't worry about it. What? You, nah. What are you talking I, about? I, I agree with you, Eric. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I just I just wanted I'm I'm it's gonna be more of a regular thing. I do put it in the show notes. And that's what got me thinking about it. I was actually looking at my code. I'm like, you know, I do say we're a sponsor in the show notes, and we are very much a sponsor. We're you know it's just yeah. So, is there is there a PHP architect podcast though? There is. It's called PHP Ugly. We've been doing it for years. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we need to get we need to get on that. I got I got um no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. I I got to talk to Sammy K uh in Nashville. He was there, uh surprised me. I didn't know he was even involved with uh Laravel work. If you don't know, Sammy K um started up the PHP roundtable. And a few years back, uh, you know, asked me, he, he wanted to step away and asked if I would mind taking it over. He had already stepped away for a long time. That's true. Yeah. I don't think that he had done a show in a couple of years and, you know, I had accepted. And then like my entire world went into tailspin where, or not tailspin. I mean, it wasn't bad. Uh, but with, over the next couple of months after kind of taking over a PHP roundtable, John and I took over operations of PHP Architect. We, uh, my current wife and I started looking at houses and started the moving process. And I just, I've had a real, it's been a real challenge, especially after PHP Architect. PHP Architect was really the thing that's made it difficult for me to kind of carve out some time for PHP Roundtable. And I've tried, uh, I have tried. So we, we talked about that a little bit. Um, he was very encouraging. Uh, we actually had a call. We, we talked, he, he's, he's like, Hey, you know, you know, let's zoom, let's zoom when, when, when we get home. And so, uh, we did that and we talked for 
a very long time and it, it was inspiring. That guy is so thanks, that guy just thanks for the has, invite to the Zoom. Bastard. That guy just has so much positive energy. I, it's just he's like one of those people, you know, they're they're those people like you can't you can't be in a room with them and not feel their positive energy. They're just, I hate people like that. They, they, they <laughs> aggravate me, aggravate me, but no, he's, he's a great guy. He, he gave me some ideas. We actually, we actually pitched some ideas back and forth. So we're going to try to uh, get that in motion here. Um, probably the next week or so. He and I have had a private back and forth on uh, Facebook as well. It's really good talking to him again. Been a long oh time. man, he's such a good guy. He's Still such a good time. guy. No, he doesn't like you, Tom. He, he made that very clear to me. That's fair. <laughs> All right. How's everybody's week? Tom, let's start with you. You've been quiet. You've been patient. We oh, appreciate you. It's been interesting. Started getting a new type of headache that I've had like every day for five days in a row now. So those are so pleasant. Yeah. Uh very light sensitive. As you can see, I'm trying to darken it up in my room a little bit tonight. And uh, making doctor's appointments because I change my health care every year. So I never have a primary care physician. And now I have to get one and do that whole process. And and you're getting up there in age, too. You definitely want to have a primary. I, I am. I am. Yeah. Going through that history every time, it's, it's just it gets old real quick. I. We We were promised like a medical future where the records could all just be like downloaded but i still get a clipboard of like nope. 12 pages of stuff every time i go to a doctor's office and i'm like great thank you give me an ipad please just <laughs> just to run through it real quick i mean you say that i went to the dentist last week and there's a woman in there with the ipad trying to fill out she goes, the technology for us old folks <laughs> she, she just couldn't figure uh, out what to press and what to do Fine, fine by that, but I mean, like, I, it's just, it's just such a pain in the ass. Do we have a history of any this and that? No. Do you have a history of this? No. Do you? Uh, I, I don't know any of that stuff. If if my current wife isn't with me, I, I just, I just like it's like taking a test in school. I'm just guessing. Right. Like, I don't know. What do you think they want to hear? Yes. Would yes be good here? Well, and naturally, my wife says, "Well, you know, when was the last time you got your eyes checked? Because that that can cause headaches and stuff." I said, I don't know. It's been a while. She goes, well, do you want to schedule a, an appointment tomorrow? I said, no, not really. <laughs> she says, do you want me to schedule an appointment for you tomorrow? And, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty worthless without the current wife. I tell you, I can't. I can't function. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a, a pretty standard thing to be. Uh, it's just my wife also wants me to be independent and self-fulfilling. And I'm like, the nerve, like right? no, we got married. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't that why so we got married? Because I can't, I can't do this by myself. Yeah, I bought the season pass because I was tired of buying tickets every day. <laughs> <laughs> It was getting expensive. You can tell she does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, great. And Eric's getting an earful for laughing so hard because his family does listen to the podcast. Uh, the whole family listens to the podcast. The dog listens to the podcast. Man, do I get it. Uh, the, the funny thing is, 
as I was trying to find Facebook posts to re to reshare or whatever, I saw one from like two years ago that your family shared where they're out by the pool. Maybe it was just <laughs> a year ago. Oh yeah, that was just about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all right. I guess I'll keep them around. Although they're 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 bailing us now, so you know. I was uh I was just up in uh San Fran uh last weekend visiting NorCal Kid. So that was uh that was a new place. This is why I'm uh, confused lately because you keep saying San Fran is NorCal Kid, but San Fran is not NorCal. It's not? No. It, it's NorCal to us <laughs> compared to SoCal, which is what San would San, what would San Francisco be considered if it's not Northern California? It would be considered Southern California or at very most. What? <laughs> what? You know where you San Francisco know- <laughs> You don't know where San Francisco is, do you? I'm supposed to go there in September, so <laughs> you might want to look on a map. <laughs> I can guarantee you it's not Southern California. I would have been surprised if you said Central California. I have no other reason to believe why it's not Northern California now. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking like San Bernardino or something like that. I don't know what the hell you're thinking of. You're about to get your mind blown when you realize how far up it is. It says I am very wrong. <laughs> uh, thank you, you for making our night. <laughs> you asked you asked about the new uh the new place that NorCal Kid is in, and it's very nice. Um wait, wait, wait. We I don't I don't want to I don't want to discount what just happened. Weren't you the one born in California? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Eric and I are trans. I'm just, just asking for a friend. By my friend would be you. Who doesn't okay. need to- understanding, it was like you've got Washington, and then you've got about 50 miles south of Washington, which is NorCal, and then everything south of You just got the whole state. <laughs> just get the whole state, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. You think Oregon is Northern California? I get it now. Yeah, isn't isn't Seattle? (laughs) That's California's capital, Seattle. (laughs) All right, you're saying (laughs) NorCal kids, uh, new apartment. much nicer than where they were living the 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 studio apartment they were living in uh they have a yeah you know, the 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 apartment is actually set up like like the other place they were at was your traditional people live here go in the building go to your apartment and you know try not to bother anybody this and is I actually hope set nobody's up, out there to talk to you yeah uh, this is actually set up like a community where they have, there's actually a couple buildings. Uh, they have a huge little common area between the buildings where like they're blocked, they're blocked out from the rest of the city and they can go down there and sit and socialize and all. So it's nice. Uh, their apartment itself, which is uh, a one bedroom now. So they, they, they definitely leveled up there. It's cute because it's like, and I don't know, like, considering the person I'm in, like, if you took who I am today, made me 25 years old, and in my first one-bedroom apartment, I probably would have done the same thing. 
but it's like it's it's definitely not set up for guests. Like it's set up for their you know cohabitation where they have their area where they you know rest you know whatever socialize play puzzles whatever and then you come out to what would be the living room and it's like a little office you know because they're both my uh norcal kid works uh remotely for a place here in san diego norcal kid's partner is starting their senior year uh, of college um so they're i mean if they're not working, they're sleeping. I mean, that's how you are at that age, right? If, if you're not doing, you know, what you do to make a living, you're you're sleeping. So that's how their kind of apartment is set up right now. And uh, I, it's going to be, it's really kind of cool seeing that growth, right? Because you know, the next thing they're going to do, they're going to they're going to make friends. They're going to start having people over, so they're going to you know kind of, you know, set up the place to accommodate guests and. It's They're like fun, I say, though. this isn't big enough, and to have to find somewhere bigger. Yeah, except yeah, that, in San Francisco, that, so you can't. Find yeah, that. <laughs> there, there, there are certain safeguards from that in San Francisco, <laughs> mainly cost. And they still got twenty years on that as well. I mean, it wasn't until I like looked at a place and said, "We can't entertain here," and I was like thirty-five or forty. Yeah. So I uh, we we um. We I had some great food up there, which I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I have my little uh, Buena Vista that I go to, which is the um, bar that brought the Irish coffee to the U.S. Uh, and they've been making Irish coffees the same way for like I don't know a million years, whatever, however long it's been, huh? The Buena Vista, yeah. It's it's actually yeah, it's actually a really well known spot, and we go there every time we go to San Francisco. Now we make make it a point to to go there so uh we i've actually stayed the night there um i i they long story but they have apartments over the Buena Vista, and um a person that i was doing work with family owned them and it was this weird thing where i don't know how it is now with airbnb it might have changed but back then this was a a while back before airbnb um, they they couldn't rent the 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 apartments out because it was too expensive to make them uh, handicap accessible, and there was all these like uh, reasons that they didn't do it. So they just kept they own the they own the Buena Vista as well. So they're like, ah, oh, we'll just keep it. We'll use it. You know, when we're in town, that's where where we'll stay. There's there's a bunch of partners of the Buena Vista. And so he was like, "Yeah, if you if you're coming up, let me know, and if one of them's available, you know, I'll I'll hook you up." So we went up there once, and he hooked us up, and absolutely amazing. I mean, it it was just amazing. It it was uh it wasn't the entire floor. This was the one that had uh the three bedroom and then the one bedroom, and then the, the another floor was like the entire floor. But it was out the window you're looking at the golden gate bridge and there's alcatraz and buena vista's underneath you and uh, it was so wonderful <laughs> so yeah oh yeah we go there all the time it was it was a good time um sounds like you need to make contact with that person again and try and get back i in. know trust me i i've been going through my emails like who where, where, who was what's this guy's name again no <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen to php ugly damn it <sighs> That's who we are. 
How are you, John? How was your week? I want to get your week out of the way before I start commercials. I'm excited about commercials this week. You are. My week, uh, stressful, but great. Uh, I got to go paragliding on Sunday. I shared the video in Discord. Uh, that's probably the highlight of my week, getting another decent flight with that. I've got my... Falling to your death off a cliff. Yeah, I got my my minimum flight requirements. So if I ever do decide to go get my P3, which is not cheap, all I got to do is take my test and then prove I can land a bunch of times and do a few other things. So getting my getting my next certif- uh, certification shouldn't be too difficult outside of cost and the time to do so. Uh, work-wise, been decent. Uh, you know, some frustrations here and there, but that's for another day. Getting a lot of good stuff done. Another day. Yeah, it's, it's Thursday. I, it's I don't know. We have. I know. I don't know if I really want to get into it. Just <laughs> frustrations. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> frustrations. I, I just feel like crop some days, and just you know, you get on that low. Oh, and I had that week it, last week. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, crap. Like. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or should I, like, be greeting people at Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ask myself that all the time. But it's not like I've done anything wrong. I, outside of, oh, this is this will be fun. One of my pull requests did go live, and the person that was releasing it says, can you please double and triple check the environment variables to make, to make sure that these keys are in the all the environments that are necessary. I'm like, sure. I double checked earlier today. They were all there, but I, I will go through all the environment variables one more time and make sure go through them all. All the environment variables are there. So on the next deploy, the keys will be there. No issue. Fast forward next morning, get a, get called in. Like, uh, we're down on this one environment. Yeah. Of the four environments, three are in one AWS account and one is in another AWS account. My my scripts for pulling down all the secrets to change the EMV and push them back up only work in the environment with the three or in the AWS account with the three environments. I always forget about the redheaded stepchild of the fourth environment. I, I don't even think, oh, I got to pull those down too and make changes. Ugh. So yeah, there's always yeah. that one step, always that one step. It's like, ugh, come on. And <laughs> well, you what, know what? Ma- good. No, you go ahead. Because I'm trying to segue. Yeah, I, I like the segue where you're going because you're you're 100 correct, 100 <laughs> correct. You know what could have caught that error, John? To our friends at Honey Badger IO for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring, like web development, can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and that your customers are happy. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why we built Honey Badger, the monitoring tool we always wanted, a tool that's there when you need it, and gets out of your way when you don't, so that you can keep shipping, know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected, respond instantly when your systems go down, improve the health of your systems over time, and fix problems before your customers can report them. Honey Badger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Be the hero of your team and sign up for a free trial and start monitoring today at honeybadger.io. Setup takes as little as 5 minutes. See what's you've been missing and fix it. 
Once again, that's www.honeybadger.io. Now back to the show. Oh, and Eric is the host. Back to the show. <laughs> I like that new person. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. <laughs> that's that's not going to stick around. What's that? That AI voice. <laughs> oh, are you gonna are you gonna do a read for me? I would gladly do a read instead of that. There oh, we go. I appreciate oh. that. I feel well, like it's I not that bad. Fucking grow up, you big baby. Jesus Christ, Eric. <laughs> the video turned out great. The AI voice. This we, is what we, I'm we saying. I bust my ass for this show, and this good. is the shit I got to put up with. For the record, I was supposed to have somebody here reading this stuff for me. They failed at their job, and we haven't hooked up. The AI is just a placeholder. Are you, t- are you talking about toast? Yeah, toast. toast, toast <laughs> yeah. The AI is just a placeholder. So I, everybody I, complaining I, about the AI. You know what? At this point, I'm not changing it. Screw all y'all. <laughs> uh, I'll do. I'll do a read. Yes, I yeah. do. I do agree. Honey Badger would make that a lot better. And I've been trying to sell Honey Badger to this one client for a while. We need to make that happen. They're using another tool that's obviously not up to the task because it it was deployed for 12 hours before realizing oh nobody can log into this one Uh-oh. environment. <laughs> Uh-oh. You can tell it's a very low priority environment, but the fact is they can log into it. You are muted, Eric. Was it the tool or was it the setup and configuration? So the we've had this happen way too many times where you deploy new code that re- relies on something in configuration in the in the environment variable the .env file i in hindsight wish i would have taken the temporary values that we're using for keys cuz you're not supposed to put keys in your repo but we know that these are temporary so they could have been the defaults within our configuration file it's like hmm. pull it from the environment if it's not there use this temporary key that we know is going away as the mm-hmm backup because the truth is we don't connect to that service until we need to use it but because it's within middleware it's reliant on that key being there to you know add spin Mm -hmm. up the service or the client Mm -hmm. so just one of those frustrating things and the fact that i did double and triple check like i was asked to do and missed it in one environment it's just it's heartbreaking it's frustrating Yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I, I had two PRs last week that uh, got completely rewound, and I, I pushed two PRs total last week, so that wasn't great. <laughs> it's two more than I pushed, but uh, yeah, one of them was the Twitter logo. wasn't my fault that that got bounced <laughs> <back> to me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. back on San Francisco, though, I want I want to I want to point this out. Um, uh, NorCal Kid and NorCal Kid's partner took us to. They they kept talking about uh, Salesforce, a park that Salesforce has, and oh yeah, I'm like okay, okay, this is you know all right, I'll go to a park. I'm a big fan of parks. I like parks. Uh, I like public parks, but San Francisco is a city, and I guess one of the kind of requirements for these big companies that take up a lot of space downtown 
is they have to, and I don't know all the details. I might be broad stroking this a lot, but there's something about if, if they occupy a certain amount of space downtown, they have to make some area accessible to the public for the public's use. So a lot, a lot of them will put like parks or something on the top of the building. They don't publicize it a lot. They don't want the public going there. They're just kind of doing it to be in compliance. And Salesforce is a little different. I mean, they, they, they have this huge park. It says it's like four football fields long, but it didn't feel like that because we, we had walked around it. But it's gorgeous. And it's like three or four, I don't want to say three or four stories. It's more than that. It's way up there in the sky. Like the Salesforce has a bunch of buildings in downtown's financial district. And this park just spans between them way up. Matter of fact, there is another level underneath of it where buses come and they have this like interactive art thing where when buses come on that, that level underneath the park, these uh, this water exhibit shoots up water along the bus. Like as the bus passes, the water shoots up to show you where the bus is. And it's just like stuff like that. I absolutely love, but this park was like, it, it, you felt like you were in like some weird movie. Like it didn't feel like it was a real park. It was so like future. It felt so futuristic and it was cool. I like that. I like parks. So I'm a big park. Yeah. Guy. The annoying thing though, is as soon as you leave, you get an email that says, how was your experience? Oh yeah, you have to take a couple surveys. They they, <laughs> they want to set up a Zoom call how, with you and talk about the benefits. How likely are you to recommend Salesforce Park to your friends? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really recommend parks to my friends, but if I'm oh. going to, I'll do it on a on a podcast and just yeah. rave about it. NorCal kid just shared a link uh, of rooftop parks in San Fran. So That's I will add that to the show notes for anybody who might be interested or who live in that area and don't know about this because it is very this the sales and it is free right there's no you don't pay anything to to go there they have like all these like yoga classes and oh my god the most the most hippie San Francisco thing possible they have drum circles like every Wednesday oh. night there's a oh. drum circle I'm like all right. I'm just now. You want to know why people make fun of you because of things like that. That's yeah. why we make fun of you. Yeah. Do you know why we used drums in the past? They were announcements of war. <laughs> they they were they were weapons. Drum circles are fun. Oh God! I'm just, I'm just Somebody's you. been in a drum circle. Well, I, I, in, I a, find in that, a kids' drum circle yeah, okay, at a at a at an elementary school, but I'm it's still just, fun. I've seen how you handle your weed. I cannot imagine you as a fan of drum circles. <laughs> Fair point. You win. Valid. Valid. (laughs) Well, uh, you were saying like these bad experiences that we have as developers where it's just, you you miss something, you feel shitty about yourself. You've very, you're like, you're, you're your own worst, you know, judge in these cases. And I've seen a lot of stuff on beginner posts in PHP, in the PHP subreddit where they're like, Oh, well, Hey, at what point in your career do you stop making these stupid mistakes? And I love that the answers are always the same, which is like, Never. dude, I nearly blew up a Fortune 500 company yesterday. You you still make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to feel bad about it every time. But you learn from the mistake. Here's how you test this thing. Here's how 
you avoid it happening in the future and you find <laughs> but, a whole new mistake to make next time. But sometimes it's not even mistakes. I shared last week how I had a PR that changed like five lines of code that did the job that needed to be done. And the person that reviewed it came in and all of a sudden it was eight files changed, like six brand new files. <laughs> right. Like the the engineering behind it, again, useful in the future. I get where they were going, but it's like you could accept what was there and say, hey, we're I'm going to I'm going to PR this other thing and you could use it if you would like as we move forward. So, but yes, I agree. We're all going to make mistakes, no matter what level you get to. You're not. You're never going to be. I'm on top of the world. I've got this. I had an idea for doing PRs the other day that I wanted to run by you guys before I ran it up the chain at my job, which is defend your thesis style pull request reviews or code reviews, where the person takes the PR runs through it line by line, says, here's what this is doing, here's what this is doing, here's what this is doing, and the code reviewer is following intently along with them the whole way and saying, yes, that looks good, yes, that makes sense, you could have done it better this way, you have to change this, and make it a co-coding process, a pair process, where the developer in charge is defending their pull request. So. The client I work with mostly has gone to most, most of the time we do live pair review. So instead of oh, I like that, don't, don't take the approach of a thesis or defend your PR. It's you get like on to do the code review and you, and you work together on it to, to, as they're going through it, they may ask you questions and you can defend, but it's not like you need to defend line by line. They're like, they should be looking through, oh, I like this. Yeah, I think you should change this or maybe do this a little differently. And it be, could become a discussion more than a defend what you have. I mean, last week was a perfect example of that. Had had we something like that implemented, you know, ideally the issue we had last week where we had multiple developers touching a code base and then implementing different styles of writing writing to a storage location where I was using Laravel, you know, it was Laravel apps. I was using Laravel storage facade. They were using straight PHP and there became a problem because the storage facade, the, the, the storage location was different on te- on development or on local development versus the server staging or production, right. Yeah. So had, had we had something like that in place, ideally, you know, a developer would have, as they're talking through it, would have been able to see that and say, "Yeah, you know, wh- why did you do it this way? This, this, this isn't how we should have done it here." And so, let's put that on our list to, to talk about on on Tuesday or or tomorrow. Like, let let's actually have a conversation. Should we move more to the, the live peer review type of scenario? Yeah, the problem with and I was going to ask this question of you, and and this is this is to you too, uh, Tom. Um, how do you guys make the time for that? I, I know my the 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 big contract I'm on has a heavy PR turnover. Like there are multiple projects, there are multiple PRs. We ask for reviews, 
but it's not it's not the style you you talk about, John, where you're 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 doing a review while the person is on the call. It's more of a okay, let me go look at this real fast so that they can they can merge it in. And I feel like so many things that's, get missed that way. You, yeah, you, it's not a thorough. Right there. Don't let's look at it real fast is automatically off on the wrong foot. Yeah, I, I, I'm not arguing that. It's, it's just a matter of time. It's it, usually at that point you're looking to you're just looking for major like oh that's not going to work, but you're going to mm-hmm. miss something versus mm-hmm. a thoughtful review. I think we need to make the decision that it, it's priority and needs to be done. Uh, it's the way I've learned a lot. Meanwhile, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm sharing that I, I have frustrations around things. And a lot of it has to do with my own ability where I'm not, I'm not breaking things down as much as somebody else would like. So there's extremes, right? There's the way I would normally do things, which is just make it work. There's the over-engineer it, like adding eight files to something that could be done in a single file. And there's also the middle ground. I think there's mm-hmm. there's a a way forward where you get a couple of people talking about the the project and they say I would probably do it like this but it's good enough for now. Mm-hmm. Like it, what you have here works, it's fine. In the future think about this or like Tom was saying, no, you have to change this. Like you need to add tests around this, you need to or you have to change what you've done here because it's just it's not good or well, there it's not future friendly or whatever the case is. So I, I think the first thing I do in a code review now is look at the initial ask and make sure that the testing requirements for the ticket match the initial ask, right? So a, a lot of times junior developers and senior developers will get 99% through a ticket and miss the line that says, this has to apply only to this kind of customer or this applies to this region. And so they'll, they'll have a 99% complete PR, but their test scenario, which has already passed when it gets to code review, uh, said, doesn't say anything about making sure that it doesn't work in region X or doesn't work for customer base Y. So my first goal is make sure that the code meets the request of the ticket in the first place. And from there, I do, you know, code quality. And then after code quality, I look at uh, potential complications. Uh, For example, I had a a ticket, the ticket went out last week and got retracted, where I did not account for a table having 10 million records in it. My test table only had 150 records. Mm -hmm. And when the cron ran the next day, it completely locked up the system because there was no way for me to test for that table having that many records and everything for me resulted in a perfectly fine response. So So, that's, that's knowledge. That's, you can't substitute that. So I'm curious on your, your workflow. So for, for me, it's open pull request peer review. So checking code style, which mostly is automated, but there's still some like, Hey, your naming here is bad. Uh, architectural. So the peer review includes code style, architecture, all that good stuff. After that, then it goes to QA. Does it do what it's supposed to do? Are you saying yours is back the other way where QA first and then the peer review? 
Yes. So the the QA department. So we have a UAT user acceptance testing, mm-hmm. which is our our current version of hey, you have to convince the ticket the stakeholders that you met their needs. My my only issue with that direction is if it gets through QA or your user acceptance testing, and then you go to peer review and the peer reviewer says, oh, you have to change this. You should, oh, we, did you realize we already have this utility that does what you're already doing? You should be using that. Yeah. Well, now it's got to go back to QA, right? It's supposed to. Whereas flipping that, once it's through peer review, it goes to QA and then then you have the user acceptance testing where does it do what it's supposed to do? If the if I mean, it does once it once it gets to QA, if they say, hey, you there's this edge case, it doesn't always go back to peer review. It's like, oh, I gotta should. fix this bug. It, it should. You're right. It kind of it 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 doesn't matter which order you do it in, you've got to go all the way back when the code it, changes, when the PR changes. In in theory. Usually it's like, oh, I fixed that bug. You're right. There's an edge case I missed that didn't get caught in peer review because they're more concerned about code style or architecture, but I fix this bug. Does it, does it get through QA at that point and move on? And I have, I have a ticket that's dealing with billing coming up and I kind of don't know how to get the best possible code review out of it because if it breaks when it goes live and we lose money or do something wrong, I'm going to be held responsible for it. But I, I kind of want to like have a code reviewer where I'm like, listen, you also have to take some responsibility on this because you're reviewing it. Please check super carefully. And I, I wish there was a I wish there was a tool that could do like a code coverage style thing plus peer review, where like you could check each line and say, I get what this method is doing. I think it's correct. Next one. You know what we use for that? What do you use for that? We often use PHP Storm for that. Thanks to JetBrains and PHP Storm for partnering with us. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's just been a hot minute since your last dive in, there's never been a better time to revisit. With a slick, clean new UI, blazing speed enhancements and a richer toolkit, it's transforming the way we code. It's time to start coding like a professional. Visit jetbrains.com forward slash PHP storm and kick off your 30 day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Thank you. Thank PHP, you storm. PHP storm. PHP storm. Uh, I don't remember adding that music. to that. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, we do use PHP storm a lot for our, our reviews because with the, I believe it's still a plugin, or I still ha- I have it because it was a plugin. The GitHub pull request feature. So from there, you can search for the pull request. You can start digging through the the files that have changed pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that doesn't work, you can check out a branch. You can just do a peer review without ch- checking it out and do that just fine. But that's going to show you a diff often. And if you don't have the file, it can't jump to it. If you check right. it out simply on Linux F4, you jump to the file and you can start going through like the, the file itself, not going through the diff, but it's well, been it really nice. Tasks. It also has the task system. 
mm-hmm. which is really nice. Reminds me of Mercurial, where it'll auto stash everything for you and open up a sort of new instance of the checked out branch. Uh, really, <clears throat> I, I I recall hearing about the task, but I I haven't used it yet. Yeah, it remembers which tabs you had open when you were on this task. It remembers, you know, where you were and everything, uh, and does all of the Git magic for you, which is uh, pretty slick. Although, generally, I'm still not a huge fan of my Git experience in PHP Storm, but I am now using it every single day and uh, getting used to all the the keybinds that I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I do 99% of my Git stuff directly in PHP Storm. The one, th- the one thing I do sometimes outside is rebasing. I can do it in PHP Storm, but sometimes I want a little bit more control over it, and I do that command line. But outside of that, yeah, well, that's it's all interesting because I, I do my re- my I've been very happy with rebasing in PHP Storm. Yeah, for the most part, I am as well. Uh, I haven't done interactive rebasing in Storm. That I often do command line. Okay. And I don't know if that... I just haven't looked into it enough to know if I can do it through Storm. It's just, it's, you know, muscle memory. I just do it on command line, and that's the way it works for me. Yeah, I've I've been very happy with PHP Storm the last two weeks, just using it as my daily driver. Well, Eric, Tom, I I have a question for you. Lean on me, brother. Does the name Bram Mulinar mean anything to you? Uh, yeah. Eric was Eric was the first to share the story, and then all of a sudden other people started sharing. I'm like, wait, didn't Eric share this already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh that one hurt. Uh so Bram is the we talk about the what is it? What how do you how do you say BDFL? BDFL, yeah. The benevolent what? benevolent dictator for life. Yeah, he was he was the guy behind them, VI improved. So we we now have NeoVim, which I moved on to, but uh he was he was the person behind them and uh he passed away. I mean, the guy was only like a young 50s, uh right? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't that old. Um it was weird, man. But yeah, people people are dying. It's crazy. Yeah, that was disappointing. We should get, I should have that link. Do we have that in Trello by chance? Yeah, I moved it over. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah, man. Shoot, that one, that one sucked, man. Now, I, with, with that said, and, and tell me if it's too early, I will be massively disappointed if on his tombstone somewhere there isn't a colon Q <laughs> somewhere on that tombstone. I will be very disappointed to find that out. Now we got to now we got to follow up with that in the future. Yeah. That, so that's the one thing I remember, you know, as my grandparents and parents have aged, they start talking about the passing of people and it's like, ah crap, I'm feel like I'm starting to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It happens more and more. Yeah, oh, yeah that sure. sucked. Um oh, hey, do you want a, you want a more upbeat story? Well, I, I, I was going to say, I was going to make John laugh, but let's hear what you have. No, here, make me laugh. Oh, this will make both of you laugh. Okay. Uh, GitHub posted a featured article on their blog, the headline of which is, Is Laravel the happiest developer community on the planet? Do you have a link to this? I, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
and he, I want to see does, it now. He does have a link to it. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it's right. up next. Uh, boy, I had an instant visceral reaction to this headline. <laughs> Did you a read perpet- it? <laughs> How the PHP framework maintains a perpetual honeymoon period. Yeah. Oh my God, really? Yeah. It's a honeymoon all the way up till divorce. Uh, I, I like Laravel. I actually, I still use Laravel. I love what it's done. But dude, the blowing smoke part of the community is just absurd. And, it's tough, and to, yeah. separate, to separate Laravel from PHP is like the big mistake in this article. Because I think PHP is the happiest community on in in development in software development. I think we have done such incredible stuff. We have so many local meetups. We have so many conferences worldwide, and it is such a positive thing. But to say Laravel is the happiest community, I'm like, man. I guess you've never issued a PR and had to deal with the dude <laughs> who handles PRs because, <laughs> yeah, like. That uh, that's entertaining, and, and you know, it seems like there's always one in the PHP ecosystem. I mean, for years, for years, it was WordPress. WordPress sure. saved PHP. WordPress is the best. You know, everybody who develops some WordPress is, are, you know, they're all happy, and and now it's Laravel. Yeah, all Laravel saved PHP. But like, yeah. no, did it the, didn't. Did the Symphony uh, community suddenly get super toxic, and I didn't notice? Like, what's <laughs> happening with this review you know, of a single I, I, I think I think I I have I've cracked that code. The people in Symphony they, they're not trying to impress anybody anymore. They know, like, you know, our shit gets things done. Like, we're not. We don't need the accolades and people. You know, always talking about how great we are. And it's just because I've been I've been diving more and more into the symphony world, and it's very it's a very different like business. You know, we're trying to get work done here. Business is trying to get you know we're trying to make businesses move forward, and they get three thousand people at SymphonyCon. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I mean, it's just too. You know, I I I, I it's one of these things. Like I I think. So at Laracon this year, Taylor asked, "Who who's who's this? Who is this your first Laracon?" And no exaggeration, well over a majority of the people in that room raised their hand, and that's what it is. That's that per- perpetual honeymoon. They have perpetual turnover users, right? Exactly. It, it's still it's it's very approachable to new developers, and it's very easy to get excited about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There, there it really, really isn't. That's a good thing. And a long time ago, I said, "Hey, I uh, finished Laracasts." <laughs> so, and like that's not a joke. You can finish Laracasts, and there's like new stuff coming out every week, like three new episodes a week of something. But at a certain point, you've you got it. You get the whole thing. Yeah. Well, but you don't, right? Because then they change it. <laughs> that's the that's that's the thing with Laravel. Like, yeah, just when you think you understand it, they change it all. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm done. I'm I've, I I want to be done. Like being super critical of that of of that aspect of it because 
all communities have it. Laravel ha- happens to have a larger amount of it because they get a lot of new developers. And again, not a pro- that's not a problem. You're talking it's about the fanboyism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... There's, there's very charismatic spokesman, you know, tail ends yeah. and then uh, 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 live wire. And yeah. I mean, every time one of these new things comes out, it's somewhat revolutionary. And it's for some reason tied closely to Laravel. Mm-hmm. It's got the best cheerleaders for sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, I, I think I'm kind of over it as far as like, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much as in, in it doesn't bother me as much as it did. I, it used to really bug me because I've been like, I, I was getting to the point where it's like, I, I don't want to hear about how great Laravel is anymore. I want to understand how to move forward with Laravel, you know? And it's like all those blog posts were really getting under my skin, but I've kind of gotten over it. I, I feel like I've, I've reached like a new level. It's like, okay, if, if you're, if half of your article is talking about how great Laravel is, then you're too young of a developer for me to really care about what the other half has to say at this point. <laughs> I want to look at, you know, articles that have more con, you know, more substance to it. But it's, the thing that struck me about this was this was a GitHub blog. This wasn't like somebody, some guy on medium. This was right. Yeah. Right. That, on, that's surprising. GitHub. Yeah. A GitHub t-shirt article. And, uh, and it's, it is a lot of circle jerking. Yeah. Yeah. We've said that for a while. So. Yeah. All right. So, all right, so, so John, you want to make you, make you laugh? You'll yeah, appreciate it because it just came up. I, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up our Patreon supporters. Why I do this because it's a little bit of a story. So first off, uh, thank you to our. Um, what? Oh, the music was on, so I lost your audio. Every week, still. Yeah, your your audio is bad. <laughs> try again. What do you want me to try? There, perfect. Go. There you go. You got it. I haven't done anything. What are you talking about? Perfect. Jesus Christ, you guys! You guys complained a lot for people who don't do shit for the show. I'm just saying. No, All right, it, John. I'm going to make you laugh. You ready? <laughs> oh sorry go ahead. Got, you got him wow that was easier than i thought it was going to be i don't know how, how to wrap it up now all right so we were just talking about this uh and i'll share it with our listeners because all of our listeners weren't on the phone call but one of the on running jokes we have within our company and particularly with the client that I I basically manage is that early in our existence, uh, before we were PHP architect, this is back when we Dev, when we first took over this contract, um, the <laughs> the owner of the company, for whatever reason, could never remember my name, oh. and never never realized that I was the one doing a lot of the the legwork on his contract. So in every meeting, and, and this is not an exaggeration for probably the first couple of years, he would always make it a point, make a point of talking about what a great job John is doing. And John was like barely doing anything on the contract. <laughs> and, but John always got these, you know, accolades of what a great job he's doing. Well, eventually, you know, 
they figured it all out and then it just became a running joke with them where and they would just keep it going afterwards right so i was on a call with that client today and there was uh there was a discussion going on about uh us um doing some integration with another uh company and the the uh COO of the company who was on with, with us said, well, I'm not too worried about it because, you know, we have some of the best developers in the industry. And he goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is Eric on this call? I'm like, yeah, it's me. Do you need me to get John? <laughs> and he lost <laughs> his shit. He lost his shit, man. It was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. That was funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, I got. I I learned. I, I know we're running long, but I I want to get a few things off my chest. Um, I've been patient. Uh, I got confirmation, so I was going to bring it up as a question in Discord. Uh, I did actually bring it up as a question in Discord, and no nobody confirmed it. I actually got confirmation uh, right before the show. If I can find that link, I will. There, I should have put it in Trello, and I didn't. Yeah, let me add this to the show notes as we speak, but. I've been DMing people on Twitter. So Twitter has been the way I communicate with people outside of my circle. If they have a Twitter account, and, and I, I do this a lot. I, nice. I used to do interviews uh, before John and I started running PHP Architect. I was writing articles for PHP Architect uh, for uh, PHP Roundtable, and we're trying to get panelists. If you had a Twitter account, that's how I got in touch with you. I was reaching out to people because, you know, we're starting to lay some groundwork for uh, PHP Tech 2024. And I had an idea for somebody I wanted to do a keynote. So I wanted to, you know, kind of ping them to see if they'd be interested. And I wasn't allowed to DM them. It said, oh, hey, you can only DM this person if you're a Twitter Blue subscriber. Yes. Like, wait, what? Like, I'm pretty sure I've DM'd them in the past. and. I, I was so my initial thought because the person I was DMing didn't have a blue check mark. And we talked last week about how that's now a setting where you can hide your blue check mark. So when I saw that, I'm like, God damn, I'm going to have to, you know, become a Twitter blue member and hide my blue check mark just so I can DM this person. And then I remembered, oh, no, 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 I have the uh, PHP architect account, which we do have that on. And so I just went over there and and messaged them from over there. But it was just like, I guess that's a thing now. Like you can't just DM people anymore. What what's the rules behind this? And and this is this is a ticket on my list. I, I added a ticket that just says, remember when Eric asked what what is the value of one company buying another company? And this is the perfect example. Is that there is in there is inherent value in Twitter. And it is being systematically destroyed by the worst decisions you have ever seen. Did, going back to Twitter, I don't know what you're talking about, Tom. Didn't didn't it used to be you, you either had to be following each other, like you mm-hmm. could DM somebody if they were following you, mm-hmm. or you had to explicitly enable, you know, DMs from anybody, right? So is it still a setting? I really don't know. No, no, it's it's fully a paid feature now to DM people. Just just across the board because I can DM other people. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Are, 
is that just a Twitter blue thing? Like if you're a Twitter blue person, then you have that control. I don't know. I'm not Twitter blue, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, none of it's really clear. Hmm. That's frustrating, man. That was that was so frustrating. And then and then I, I can't be sure, and maybe somebody here knows. I don't I don't have an article for this, but I was looking at a whatever, a post, a tweet, an X, whatever the hell we're calling it. And it said like there were like four replies to that post. I'm like, all right, what 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 are these convers what's this conversation going on? And I clicked into it and I only saw one. I was like, okay, I thought it said four. And I went back. I'm like, yeah, it says four comments. And I click into it again, and I'm only seeing one. Can you not see comments now either or or replies? Or what? What's the story here? What am I missing? You got me. It's stupid and arbitrary. Okay. All right. I don't know what to do anymore. I, yeah, I don't. I, it's so hard to to use yeah, that platform anymore. Yeah, their settings are all messed up too. I can't easily find like DM settings. Yeah, it's it's very it's very hard to use that platform. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It, yeah. What, what's funny is you see companies like want to make this big announcement that they're they're leaving Twitter. I'm like, nobody cares. Like, honestly, nobody cares. It's, it's like, you're not going to change. You're not changing anybody's you know, decision on whether they're going to stay or go on that platform because you left. When somebody like NPR but, choosing to leave, they owe the, the, the followers an explanation. Like, Hey, I think that's what it is more yeah, than we, a big announcement. Why we're doing this because it's turning into a dumpster fire and we can't trust it. Yeah. And and I think uh, this this was a ABC or some Australian network or something saying it's just it, it's now gotten too toxic. Like yeah, there's just no productive conversation happening on that platform anymore. And well, because I, the yeah. blue check marks show up first, and they're notoriously confrontational accounts, mm-hmm. and they you can't reply to like normal users anymore and it's it's just it's it's a dumpster fire all right i got one more i got one more piece of my week let's move from twitter um we talked a while back about sock 2 compliance and one of our clients went through that and now yearly you've got to do this tabletop exercise where you basically have a kind of a fake but you have a fake incident and then it's do you have the right tools to respond to it? And you got to do it once a year. And this past week was the year anniversary. So we all got together and went through a scenario of somebody found a SQL injection attack uh, vector on your, on the site and they've corrupted some data. That is a scary freaking exercise, but we just had an article in PHP architect magazine. Was it, the July ish. I forget if it was June or July. We recently had an, an article from Eric Mann about tabletop exercises. And I encourage you to sit down and go through that. Uh, the one we just did happened to be around SQL injection, but it's anything like, you know, something happened. Do you have backups? Your site's down. What do you do? It, it could be very minor. It could be very major. But the fact that we got together and went through an exercise of what if this happened, led us down a road of 
oh, maybe we should enable this. Maybe we should look at adding this thing. So one of the things was, can we log every single query we run for 24 hours? Because <clears throat> it would be nice to have. Um, we do have a database that is 24 hours behind the original. So as we're talking through the scenario, it's like, oh, we we start seeing in the logs that this attack happened at, you know, 10 a.m. Let's get our 24-hour backup up to that point so we know at this point we have good data. Now we have to make a decision. Do we cut back over to that and lose, you know, an hour's worth of data? Or do we keep it there, you know, fix whatever the issue is, and then maybe fix one-off issues? Like, if it's not a widespread issue, maybe we just have that 24-hour backup sitting there where we can cherry-pick the data and, you know, fix some corrupted data versus blanket pushing everyone back. My point being, it was a fantastic exercise. It was stressful in the moment, in the... You're trying to treat it like a real scenario. Are, are you doing everything you can do to protect data, get the bad guys out, you know, stop the attack? So, it, it so a, in that exercise, in that exercise, when when you say something like that, like you 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 give the scenario of uh, our, our our SQL database has been compromised or something or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, you talk you talk about are you doing everything you can to protect your data? Uh, w- wouldn't that be like one of the arguments of well, I mean, that what the scenario you're saying couldn't have happened because we have you know so, processes X Y Z in place. So in this scenario, it was the whoever created the scenario said we just got reports from customer service that a customer is saying. They're they're missing some data and some other data is was changed without them knowing. Mm-hmm. And so we we get together so to, and you're out the vector. Right. So we're we're yeah, we we weren't told necessarily there was SQL injection. This happened and we start going through the process of oh shit, what's going on? Like how what's happening? And part of it is us playing along, like Oh, so-and-so just jumped on this server and did X, you know, and found this. So obviously not real. It would have been really cool to, you know, set up an environment where they created this attack vector that may yeah, not yeah. exist, right? And then you have to find it. We've Which talked about... kind of what I've kind of experienced what? recently in the last year. Where they make a bad environment on purpose? Uh we have a very aggressive security team that doesn't let us know they're doing security stuff until like months later and says, here's the result (laughs) of what we did. And we don't name names, but somebody picked up a USB drive in the, uh, in the hallway that was just dropped on the ground and plugged it into their computer. And if, so we've talked about actually going to the point of doing red blue teams where you have somebody, you, you, have a team that is specifically meant to target the system, not necessarily production, but a, a system. And then you gotta, you gotta fix it. it. It's more that it was a great exercise in just playing the, playing it through in your mind where usually on your day-to-day basis, you, you 
you consider that stuff, but you don't necessarily give it too much credit. Right. But it was like, well, shit, what if this really did happen? What do we do? And we came up with lots of, lots of things that could be made better. We like, we could have done things differently. How do you report things? How, what do you say? What's the guy's phone number? Yeah. All that good stuff. It, It was a good exercise. I highly encourage it. And, Go read PHP Architect Magazine to learn a little bit more. Is that See, the you like the segue? Yeah. Is that the August issue? No, I think it was it was June or July. I can't remember which. Well, if you have subscription, make... have the full backlog on PDF available at phparchitect.com, so you can just pull it up and read it. There you go. Very good, Tom. <laughs> you have our our entire catalog dating all the way back from when PHP Architect started. Yeah, I'm just, Which I'm I, just. I don't think enough people take advantage of. Loved enough to get a hard copy, so I, all I have is the PDF copies. It, it was the the May issue. I was completely wrong. You're I'm close. Not, you got You're, the year right. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those months in this year. Tabletop planning for disaster. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, we talked about we talked about. I got one more thing, and then we can wrap things up. I, I but I. Finally, think I have an idea. Uh, Native PHP was announced at Laracon, and this is where you can create desktop apps using PHP. Uh, never been so heartbroken. Why? Why were you, Oh, was it because of the the fact that it's just your source code? I, it's well, just, why it's, just it's, it's, it's they're basically like, yeah, you can run you can run your uh, PHP in an OSX window, or like maybe Windows. Yeah. So I, I'm so confused. Why are you heartbroken? App development pipeline, PHP in the mobile app development world. Come on. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. I'm with you on that. But I, w- I was, I was trying to come up with a good use case. It's like, okay, why would I use this? And I, I've, I've seen a couple people uh, talk about what they're doing with it on Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's, that's clever. I mean, I'm glad you did that. I think I got one. Uh, we talk about my. I, we talk about how I do all the work for the show. Uh, when I, when we start the show up, there's a lot of things I do, a lot of show prep I do, including things like running the bot, uh, running the, the bot for, for Discord, uh, the title, the title management, you know, dur- throughout the show, we have titles, social media posts, all these things. And I, I have a bunch of scripts that, that do a lot of this for me. And, and this is kind of what got me thinking about it. Okay, I need to update my scripts. I want to do a couple things. I want to I start to automate the social media posts and things like that. That's what I can use. I can do. I can actually create a PHP Ugly podcast dashboard and just have all this stuff in the dashboard for me. Where it, Because I, I write to my local file system for like the titles and stuff. So... It's like, yeah, I, this would work. Like, this is actually a good use case for this. I could totally use this. So I might actually do that. I don't know yet. I could see it as an exercise, but, well, now you got me wanting to do that because I'm currently in the middle of writing something for my kids' elementary school for a running club, and mm-hmm. I'm doing it as a web app, right? Because that's what I know. I think I told you last week, I spun up my uh, my first sale environment, and all it's doing is interacting with a Google Sheet to download the data, process it, and spit out some HTML for me. Maybe a desktop app does what I need it to do. Although, ultimately, yeah. I need to print out and 
having that the the CSS media tag to say, hey, when printing, here's the page break is kind of nice. So, but you would still, but wouldn't you still have that? Because I mean, you still have the code. I mean, you're still doing the code. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about native PHP. The point is that it's just portable. It's just, it's just a a web browser. But, Electron but, app. But, but yeah. think about it. But think about it for a second. I mean, so I, I'm a fan of, like I said, we talk about filament all the time. I'm a fan of your admin section not being part of a root website, but being part of a completely different subdomain or something that you can lock down more through, you know, uh, uh, IP addresses and things like that, or you could do a complete admin interface to your your backend system as a native PHP app. So you don't you know you don't have to worry about the fact that your admin and every interface to the absolute everything in your company is online waiting for somebody to find it and and crack their way through it. I don't know. I mean, I. I, I can definitely see some use cases on it. I, I I'm not totally excited about it. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna use this for everything. But it is kind of an interesting way to, to kind of isolate things, maybe get I mean, a little bit more control over it. So I, I saw via Discord that it may be available Mac OS, Linux, and Windows at this point. Yeah, I saw that as well. So yeah, I, I may for the running club app. I may try installing it just to see how it goes. Not now. I'm curious. Hmm. Oh, fun stuff, man. It's a it's a fun time to be a PHP developer. Yeah, the only practical use I've seen so far is someone made Flappy Bird written in PHP. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of thing you would want to be in a portable executable for people who don't have PHP installed on their machines. But outside of that. You're but just, why wouldn't why wouldn't you just put that on the web? You're just describing like running PHP in a different window. I don't. Yeah, Flappy Bird. I I thought that was cute and like I said a good exercise. But that, that would be an example where I just make that a website. Like why why all of are, are they can make a website? <laughs> no, well that's the thing. Like with the with the PHP ugly stuff, you know, you know that I have the scripts on my local machine. The titles are on my local machine. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's why I thought that was a good fit. But you, I, mean, but you I don't you, know. You have so many things you run locally through either Docker or Lando or whatever that you could easily make it a web app anyway. It doesn't yeah, have to be a native PHP one. Well, of course, I mean, anything that's a, that's a native PHP app can be a web app. It's a Laravel application underneath. I, I don't right. know to what degree you can take advantage of system apis like you know like a webcam or something like that i i don't i don't know i haven't gotten into it that much to know if that's a thing but yeah that's not the point i mean the point is if, if everything's local on my, sh- my machine yeah i don't know I, yeah speaking of webcams last week zoom updated their uh terms and conditions and said that you have no ability to opt out of them using your video sessions for training of their new AI. Your video and audio belong to them. They will train their new AI off of it. You cannot opt out. You can only choose to not use Zoom anymore. What? Really? It 
caused a small disturbance in the force. People got a little bit upset, as you can imagine. And so in less than a week, Zoom has come your, back your out. Your cat's clearly upset. I'm very upset. Uh, but uh, in less than a week, Zoom came back out and said, uh, never mind, we're not going to use your data to train our AI. And that was awful silly of us. We didn't actually mean it the way that uh, it was written in the legal form that defines what we actually literally mean. So uh, <laughs> they have they have within the period of one week made an ugly, stupid mistake and then immediately retracted it. But there was there was another thing I'm, I'm looking up right now as you uh, as you're talking. There's another thing Zoom did. Which is ironic because Zoom is what made remote work possible to so many people during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, there's a thousand IQ move here. I've seen this. <laughs> they're, they're telling their employees they have to come back to the office now. Zoom. Zoom people to work. You have to be physically here. That was a stupid idea. I don't know who would do. Make sure, and, and like within like the next day, they're sending out emails talking about the benefits of remote workers. It's like you dicks. <laughs> like, really, it really is like two hands operating completely blindly from each other. Where, I mean, and you know the inspiration for all of this, like get back to work stuff, is that these big companies own office space. Yeah. And they're losing huge amounts of money by having them empty. They're losing money in the deprecation of the value of the property. Now, if no one wants to be in an office, then your office space is worth less and less and less every day. So they're – I swear to God. But is it worth – I mean <laughs> whether the people are there or not, you're paying the same amount of money. No, but so this is, this is an investment that's called a, a non-bank or, or a land investment, which is – a type of investment that companies used to get into when interest rates on banks were too unpredictable. So they, you know, you, you can't have a billion dollars in a savings account. You have to put that into a market and that market is fluctuating, et cetera, et cetera. And land was always considered to be the safest investment. And so a lot of these big companies took their excess funds, purchased physical land with it and used that physical land as a stable source of cash in the bank. And now that people are not going to offices, the land values in cities are plummeting rapidly. And these companies that thought they had a stable billion in the bank end up only having 750 million. And it's yeah, a crisis it, for them. But by, by Zoom having people show up at their offices doesn't change the value of it. No, but remember when you were on a, a a board in San Diego that was a bunch of investors all discussing how they're running their company, how everyone's making their uh, changes to fit the new laws and taxes and giving you uh, investment device, advice for that type of thing. But these large companies have boards of directors that are on – you know, 20 different boards. You have a board of director for Zoom, who's also a board of director for Wells Fargo and a board of director for Citibank and uh, some, you know, some cell phone service. So these decisions are not made in the best interest of the company. These are the best interest of the board. Yeah. And it's the board that is managing more than just one of these multinational corporations. They want every company to get back in the office to shore up these investments that are plummeting. 
fascinating. Land, well, it's definitely land, not technical term. A land bank is when companies buy land to secure money. Well, it's definitely not lowering the value of rent in San Francisco. That's for damn sure. All right. That is going to be it for episode 347 Seven. because you need to move this over and you need to move this over. Three to move, move shit over, Tom. Okay, that's it. We're wrapping up. That's a that's a take. I'm Eric. I'm John. Meow. <laughs> Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.